you want to get in on the action, we want to hear from you. Email us at faderoutemail at gmail.com with your questions, comments, picks, segment suggestions, you name it. We want to hear from you. We're on Instagram too. Slide in our DMs at Fade Route Podcast. Get at us. Welcome to the Fade Route with D and Z. Here are your hosts, D and Z. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of the Fade Route with D and Z. I am Z and the news of the day is pretty big, possibly transformative for the future of the New Orleans Saints. For those of you that don't know, Drew Brees, he's pretty busted up right now. I don't know how many cracks or fractured ribs he has, but he's got a punctured lung. And if we know anything from Terod Taylor, you got a punctured lung, you can't play. So they've made the bold decision. It's a bold decision, Cotton. Let's see how it plays out. They are going to Taysom Hill the Swiss Army Knife, the X-Factor, over Jameis Winston. And part of me is surprised, but part of me part of me is not surprised because Sean Payton has loved Taysom Hill for years. And Taysom Hill is sneaky old. He's 30 years old. So, as my mom used to say, shit or get off the pot. And it's time for Taysom Hill to shit or get off the pot. And here he is. I've known this guy since our days on Carousel Shoes Flight crew through and through the last QB in St. John's history. What's up, D? How's it going, man? Definitely big news out of New Orleans. I don't know if this says more about Taysom Hill or more about Jameis Winston. Um, I get it. He's been there for four years. He knows the playbook. Uh, but in four years, I don't think he's attempted more than 15 passes. And you got a Jameis Winston, who I believe won the Heisman, had 30 touchdowns last year, was a starting quarterback in the same division for five years. And you can't let him take over the reins here. Seems a lot to me, especially last year. Last year, Drew Brees was hurt, too. He had no problem going to Teddy Bridgewater, who was coming off a gruesome knee injury. But got his question to move here. I think this has a lot to do with the money they're paying him. I believe he's got a two-year contract that's worth over $20 million. I think they're seeing that this is probably Drew Brees' last year. So before they say goodbye to Jameis Winston, they want to see what they have in Taysom Hill. 100%. And you know what? This is a great opportunity for him. Uh, like we said in our production meeting, I mean, I threw out two names in terms of high and low, and you threw out a really interesting name in terms of potential. For me, I threw out in terms of high potential, Lamar Jackson, and on the low potential, Tim Tebow. And you threw out Steve Young in our production meeting. And, you know, I get it. He went to BYU. So that, that's definitely a nice parallel there. But, um, I mean, time will tell. You got to see what you can do. And this is as much of a test of, an, of the O-line for me, in my opinion, as it is the quarterback, because they are not really used to consistently preparing to protect a mobile quarterback the way that Taysom Hill is mobile. Drew Brees, I mean, 
if it's an extremely busted play, he may run on occasion, but he's not, you know, they're not designing plays for him to run. So this is going to be a major test for the New Orleans Saints. And we're going to hold off on our picks because that's at the end of the show, boys and girls. You know better than that. So uh, we're going to tease you with that for just a little bit. I don't, I mean, for me, it's, uh, I don't think it's a big sacrifice for the Saints um, because they're going up against the Falcons who are bottom of the league in defense. I actually feel bad for the Falcons in this situation because they don't know what they're going to get. They don't know what kind of offense is coming out there. They don't, they know Taysom Hill is going to be lining up at quarterback, but they don't know, you know, is, are they going to be still doing the dump plays to Kamara? Can this guy really throw the ball 40 or 50 yards? I think in the beginning, they're going to challenge him. They're going to pretty much go in his zone and make him make the passes in the tight windows. They're going to stack the box, make him throw over their defense. They're going to try to see what kind of arm does he really have. But, you know, if you're the first team playing them, this is going to be a nightmare. Now, next week, next week will be a better assessment because now there'll be tape on him. There's going to be tape on him. There's going to be tape on the offense. So next week we'll have a better understanding of, okay, how good is he really? This week is going to be like, well, I don't know. What, what, what is he throwing at us here? What is he? Are we worried about him running? Are we worried about him throwing? Like, what's going to happen here? Um, so it's 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 two extremes. It's either Sean Payton is a genius, or this is a potential disaster. But the other thing is, is I did kind of say it's a kind of a Steve Young move, and it's not more about his BYU background. I'm talking about Steve Young with the Buccaneers, like that Steve Young, because that Steve Young was all over the place. I mean, he was dropping back the pass. He, if the first read wasn't there, it's tuck and run. He couldn't make that, you know, that out pass to the 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 sideline from the last from the left hash mark. Like it's those kinds of things. Like, are you going to be able to challenge this guy, uh, you know, as being a proficient NFL quarterback? You're not dealing with Ryan Fitzpatrick here. You're dealing with a guy who, in, ten, in, in how, however many years he's been in the NFL, he's 30 years old. This is his first start at quarterback. I would think that if he was a competent quarterback, if he was a guy that could really throw the ball, we would have seen him throw a lot more by this point. That's very true. And I think we both agree on this. At least for one week, Taysom Hill and the Saints are extremely extremely dangerous yeah 100 percent. i mean this guy was like a swiss army knife you know he could really do everything but now you lose that element of surprise right like you're not worrying about him lining up at in the slot position now like you're not you're not sweating that you're not sweating that stuff you're gonna come out and you get you get chewed up every week anyway so it doesn't really matter if you're the atlanta falcons like for for you it's like listen we're gonna drop into cover two and let's see if he can make these throws in these tight windows. We're going to rush for, we'll blitz him too, because I don't know if he can make that hot read pass. We don't know. It's going to be a really interesting game to watch. It's time for the fading where we give a nod to the trending sports stories of the week. Speaking of dangerous and an interesting game to watch, last night, the Seattle Seahawks and Russell Wilson 
beat the Arizona Cardinals coming off of the Hale Murray 28-21. And ultimately, I mean, I felt last night was kind of a snoozer of a game. There wasn't really much going on. Uh, the one thing that I thought was good news was that the Seahawks were extremely balanced in their attack. Carlos Hyde, at least for one week, is healthy, and it really took a lot of the pressure off of Russell Wilson. And it took, I mean, it took a walk-off sack for them to beat Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. So is this more of an indictment on the Cardinals, an indictment on the Seahawks, or are we going to praise the Seahawks on this one? I think this is more about a veteran quarterback and Russell Wilson being able to get ready to play in four days because Kyler Murray is still new to the league. He had an epic win you know, over the weekend, and then he had to turn around, fly to Seattle, and play the Seahawks, a divisional game where the opponents know each other. So I think this is more about veteran Russ Wilson, who's now 9-1 and one on Thursday, not turning over the football last night, and taking care of business. And they knew what the recipe was, right? We're not going to let this kid run all over the football field. So we're going to hold him. And they and the seat and uh, the secret to beating the Cardinals is keeping Murray in check. When he's when he has under 20 rushing yards in a game, they're 0 5 and 1. So we're just going to keep him in check. And I think it was a, it was a big turnaround for the Seahawks defense for a lo- for the first time in a long time. They were playing solid defense up front. Uh, the linemen, the linebackers played a solid game. The D-backs were getting beat all day. Lockett had touchdown, had a bunch of yards receiving. DK Metcalf had a huge drop in the end zone, and then he had a, an easy catch for a touchdown at one point in the game. So, um, you know, I think, uh, I think, he, I think they, came, they came around very well last night. Yeah, I mean, they didn't wow you with the stats. They didn't wow you with the let Russ cook and all the the no. the nonsense, if you will, from the beginning of the year. But it, it felt like a throwback Seahawks game. We're going to beat you, and we're going to do it defensively as much as we're going to do it offensively. They did just enough to win. That's all they needed to do. Uh, Kyler Murray did get busted up a little bit. They were constantly massaging his shoulder during the uh, you know uh, during the series when he was off the field. So obviously that has to play in terms of his accuracy and also his arm strength trying to deliver the ball down the field. Uh, but yeah, uh, he didn't get the ball to D Hop. I didn't really see him make an impact last. I mean, um, I didn't really see him make a you know a good pass to D Hop last night. Um, I think Carlos Dunlop's addition to the Seattle Seahawks defense was you, you can see that impact. Um, you can, you can, uh, you can see they understood what was on the line last night. It's a very competitive division. All the teams are in it. There's nobody out. Even the 49ers are, I think are four and six. They can still get a wild card. They could still potentially win the division. Like the Rams have a big game this weekend. Everybody's in this. That's why to me, it was more of, you know, Kyler Murray's not really prone to coming back on four days and playing a divisional game. That's really tough. They basically had like two days of practice and it was like, all right, we got to go. We got to fly up there. You know? Yeah, that's definitely. I mean, that's the bugaboo of these Thursday night games in general is that Thursday night con- divisional games are hard, though. That's yeah. hard. That's a hard ask. That's a hard ask. Yeah, absolutely they are because you have to get supremely ramped up for a game where 
you know, you really aren't really, you're still coming down from last week's game. Right. And especially especially the Cardinals. that, especially for the Cardinals where you had that exhilarating win where you, you know, snatched victory from the jaws of defeat and, Oh, we have the, the Seahawks, you <laughs> know, it's not like up you, to Seattle and play. And it was freezing cold up there too. Right. There. It, it's not like you were going to play the jets. You know, you were going to play COVID. a good team. Going to play COVID. <laughs> oh, but you know, Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray did not have their best games. And I know that they have been uh, in the past few weeks, they have been in the discussion as far as MVPs go. I know in the beginning of the year before the season even started, I had Russell Wilson as my MVP, but uh, the bloom is starting to come off the rose of these guys. And I'm just asking you, who is your MVP right now? I mean, for me, listen, I, I thought Russell Wilson was playing well. And I really think the media was trying to say, you know what? It's crazy that he's never gotten an MVP vote. So he's our guy this year. And everybody was kind of pushing for that. And he was lighting it up. I think they started off like five and five and zero. Oh. But then reality started to set in. Like people started to get hip to their stuff. They started to play better teams. He had a lot of turnovers the last couple of games. And I, you know, he's good. I, I don't think he's great. And, and then after the Murray pass, they're like, oh, well, maybe Murray's the MVP. It's just like, well, hold on a second, guys. Like, hold, hold on. He's, he's dynamic, but he's, he's far less dynamic than Lamar Jackson. I mean, let's, let's not even get that comparison. He's fast, and he's exciting to watch. He's not Lamar Jackson from last year. Like, Lamar Jackson from last year, I saw him break entire teams. I mean, he was, he was running untouched on some plays, which was unreal. But for me – I'm going to keep saying this, and I'm going to keep posting on Instagram. I'm going to keep posting on Facebook. I'm going to go at Adam Schefter. I'm going to go at PTI. The MVP of the football league this year is Dalvin Cook. He's Preach. Third in attempt- he's third in attempts. He's first in yards, first in touchdowns. He's sixth in average yards per carry. The guy is carrying this Minnesota team that has a bad quarterback. They have a terrible defense. And the, the Chicago Bears, when they played the Vikings last week, it was like, we need to stop we need to stop Dalvin Cook and we'll win this game. They focus all their attention so much in stopping Dalvin Cook that Alvin um that um Thielen actually caught two touchdown passes. I mean, come on. Like if that doesn't tell you something, and Jefferson, their rookie, had over a hundred yards receiving because they were so intent on stopping this man. He is the guy. Dalvin Cook is a juggernaut right now. That's all you need to know. He's already at 954 yards, he's averaging 5.5 yards per attempt. Like, that's no joke, man. In, and, the, in the National Football League. Yeah. In the National Football League. And he's, not, and he's not in the cake division. He's in the NFC North. Now, granted, the Packers, their defense, their run defense is, is, is sloppy or it's lousy, but they, there are people up there that play defense, and they're playing against solid teams. And he's giving it all he's got. And Absolutely. And on top of that, he's only played eight games. So we have right. to keep that in mind. Right. He, he did miss time. Yeah. So for him what to be a groin playing, injury, of all things, a groin injury. For a running back, that's, you know, disastrous. But the press, I mean, the last time a non-quarterback has won the MVP, 2012, you got to go all the way back to 2012 and Adrian Peterson, you know, an, another Viking. So you, as a skill position player, you need to play – so out of your mind and so over your head that they can't ignore you. 
That's the thing. That that's the one thing he's going up against where quarterbacks, you know, they get all they get an unfair amount of blame, but they also get an unwarranted amount of praise. And we need to be mindful of that. I mean, hopefully very soon we get Hall of Fame votes and we can right that wrong. But I have I just don't I just don't see I don't see the quarterback this year. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear any talk about quarterback this year. There's nobody worth a damn. I know you don't want to hear about Brady. I don't want to hear about Russ. I don't want to hear about Murray. I don't want to hear about any of these quarterbacks because none of them are worth a damn. You want to talk about a guy that is the most valuable player to his team, and that is Dalvin Cook. Agreed. And like we said last week, for me, the definition of valuable is if you take him off the team – it's a catastrophic failure. And all you had to do is look at the Minnesota Vikings without Dalvin Cook on the field. Kirk Cousins is leading the – if he's leading the way, you are on an, a path to mediocrity at best. You're in trouble. You You're are. In, and, uh, you know, just to segue a bit, you know, we, I remember in the beginning of the season I was, I was talking a bit about, you know, Tom Brady. I made a good case for him. He's got a big game this weekend. Uh, his Bucks are going to face the Rams in Tampa. A lot on the line in this game. Who you got? What do you think is going to stand out in this game? Who wins? First and foremost, what team do I hate talking about the most? In your opinion, <laughs> who do you think? <laughs> That's why I posed the question, because I know how much you love talking about the Bucks. I hate talking about the Cleveland Browns because of all the drama and the nonsense and the shit show that it is. And they have one fewer win than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. There's the Bucks are seven and three, and it's just one thing after another. Every single week, it's something else. Just go out and play the damn game. I'm sick and tired of talking about it. You know, how are they going to work Brown in? How are they going to work Gronkowski in? Tom Brady, like, oh, is he going to be the 43-year-old Tom Brady or is he going to be the MVP Tom Brady from years ago? I mean, now at this point... People throwing bicycles and destroying video cameras. Yeah, I mean, you know, all of it. All of it. Just go play. For God's sakes, just avocado go play. Avocado ice cream. Avocado ice cream. Never eaten a strawberry. Rojo, Fournette. Rojo, you know, Rojo and Fournette. LaShawn McCoy's on the sideline just collecting a paycheck. And, you know, just at this point, just go play. Just just go. Just go. Byron get away Leftwich, from Bruce Arian. The whole thing. That whole damn thing. That's why I'm taking the Rams this weekend. I know we. I know. I just said that we're going to be teasing picks. But you know what? I'm taking the Rams this weekend. I can't. I, I can't listen to it anymore. The pass well, rush is going well, to upset would, his spot. And then Brady, as usual, when he's in the when he's faced with pressure, he's not going to perform well. Well, what it well, I will say this weekend, it's really not about any of those guys we mentioned. What it's gonna be about this weekend is defense. You got the number two and the number three defenses squaring off against each other. Um, and these offenses, uh, even though Tampa's star studded. It's not star-studded as far as points are concerned. Uh, and the Rams are still really searching for their identity since they don't have Todd Gurley anymore. They got Woods, they got Cup, and they got a handful of running backs. But, you know, Goff has really been struggling, and he hasn't been the same. So I do think this is going to be a fun game to watch. 
I don't think either team is really going to get anywhere. But, you know, this could have major playoff implications, especially when you think about the Rams uh, dealing with their division with the Cardinals, the Seahawks, and even the 49ers. And then you also have the Buccaneers who don't have the tiebreaker with the Saints. They're going to be a wild card team unless this Taysom Hill thing, you know, sorts itself out. But, you know, I'm, I'm with you. I'm glad. The only thing I will say is I, I, I do think it's very polarizing and how much we hear about Tampa, how much we hear about their players. But I'm glad this is in Tampa because I feel like if it was somewhere else, like if it was in Boston or New York or even in California, it would be more front and center than it is right now. Yeah, absolutely. The, fortunately for us, it's not a major market, but because of the star power of Tom Brady, right, it's it's amazing how much Tom, 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 exactly. Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay, TB twelve in TB wearing number twelve. Throw into AB and Gronkowski. It's New England South. Gronk. Unbelievable, but honestly, like, it's. It's way more chaotic than it ever was in New England. So, I mean, is that a credit to Belichick or a knock on Arians? I'm not 100% sure. Or is it just a, a, the product of Belichick and Brady no longer being together? And then when you split that atom, is this the radiation <laughs> that causes the face melting? <laughs> I don't know. It just drives me crazy. Uh, we need to start talking about teams. I mean, un- it's unbelievable. The Green Bay Packers are underrated. How are the Green Bay Packers underrated? We don't talk about the Green Bay Packers. How We're, we're going to talk about the Steelers now. The Steelers are 9-0. and We don't really talk about the Steelers that much on this show. We may be in passing. We talk about the Steelers. But Tampa Bay, you're constantly living rent-free in our heads. It's all, it's all my fault. I blame myself, actually. <laughs> <laughs> But see a therapist about it. Hey, you know what? He's got to start. We got to start charging him. Like that's it. That's all we got to do. You know, you just can't live rent free. You can stay in our head, but you got to start paying for it. But let's move on to bigger and better things. The Steelers are nine and zero, undefeated once again. Can they possibly run the table? You know, uh, I was thinking about this, and my first thought was, oh, yeah, no problem. Yeah, But then I looked at their schedule. they got some tough games coming up. I actually think they're going to have a problem this weekend. The Jaguars gave the Packers a hard time last week, and then they have to face top 10 defense in Washington. They'll have to face the Colts. I can see them losing two, and then they also got to face the Bills. Now, the Bills don't have a top 10 defense. But the game is in Orchard Park, and it's in, I think, either it's in December, I believe. So these are games that I think they could potentially lose two of them. I can see them possibly going 13 and three. Uh, this weekend, I mean, the Jaguars are going to play them tough. They are, they're trying. I this is their get... Super Bowl. This yeah. is their Super this Bowl. This is their Super Bowl. And this you know what? It, baby. But that's the thing. We're getting rings. We're getting rings. We're doing donut. We're gonna do. We're gonna do victory lap around our own field if we win this weekend. If they could somehow pop a wheelie on a bus, like that would be so awesome. No, it's streaking through the quad. Oh my god, Tony Khan 
you better watch out. You gotta get some of your AEW guys, you know, like have a whole parade with the Jaguars and your AEW wrestlers and just go to town. Absolutely. I mean, if they happen to do it, more power to them. But we definitely are, you know, we have a few more that are a little bit more realistic, in my opinion. Anything can happen on any given Sunday, the whole trope. But Thanksgiving, you have the Ravens, you know? Yeah. Black and blue yep. division. This is con- this is a, you know, a rivalry, unlike Huge any other. game. Huge game. Huge. Potential- huge game because the Ravens are going to find themselves out of the playoffs if they don't win that game. Buffalo, like they need that game. Exactly. You have Buffalo. You have the Colts, like you mentioned. Cincinnati is not going to lay down like They're they did last down, time. But they, have, they also got slapped up the first time. They so. did. They did. But you know what? Give them credit. The Cincinnati Bengals are trying. They're getting better weekly. Joe Burrow is becoming more and more of a quarterback right before our eyes. And you know what? Week 17, if they have this thing already cinched up, Who's to say the Browns can't knock off a team, you know, a team with Mason Rudolph as the starting quarterback? Is you Baker know? still there? You got me. I mean, it might is, be it, at this it, point. I think it's Case Keenum or no, or no, Stefanski is, is himself. Ba- is, ba- is Baker still the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns? You got me. <laughs> they ain't winning. They ain't beating them in the last game. But I, I will say this. I will say that the Steelers have to get their has need to get their offense together because. Defensively, they're solid. The last couple of times I've watched them play offense, I'm not just saying this because James Conner is on my fantasy team, but they're not really running the football effectively. And they're going they're going to a lot of four and five wide receiver sets basically because teams can't cover all their receivers. They just can't. Deontay Johnson, uh, the, 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 new, the, the rookie wide receiver they have. Claypool. Uh, they, can't, they can't cover everybody. So you got the Steelers on the third and the – for the five, they're on the three yard line or the five yard line. They're back. They're backing up the pass because you can't cover them. You can't cover anybody. So I don't know how long that brand of football will work for. Um, Ben's definitely up for the challenge, but you're also putting him at a lot of risk, making him drop back that much in a game. Um, and so I can see that becoming an Achilles' heel for them if they don't sew up their defense, their offense. If they have to play from behind. They're very well. They're very well equipped because uh, yeah, they have yeah. so many. They sure. have so many Absolutely. receivers. You know, if you need, if you get behind it, you're Mitch going. There's another guy. They, they, Eric Ebron is. They're a, using a fine Ebron. Tight end. They, yeah. they got a, they got a whole bunch of people to throw to. So yeah, like you said, if they're behind, they can get back in any game. Not but that's a doubt. the thing. They start slow. They get behind, and that's why yeah. they have to throw. Because even in Dallas, when they were losing to Dallas. You know that's all they. They. I don't even think they ever. I don't even think they ran the ball in the second half. They threw the ball on every single down. Dallas knew it was coming and still couldn't stop it. Right, but at the same time, that's the Dallas Cowboys. You know, you play the Indianapolis Colts. No, no, not and Frank Reich's gonna have a plan. Not especially for him because he's gonna need that game. He's gonna need that game to stay uh, number one in his division. There's so many good AFC teams this year. Like, you could potentially see a team like the Titans not making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. How ridiculous does that sound? You could see a team like the Dolphins make the playoffs. As A team like New England might be fighting for a wild card spot. The Buffalo Bills 
the Buffalo Bills could be like potentially uh, fighting for a wild card spot if they if they start to lose some games. So, you know, you got to you got to keep playing. You got to keep playing hard. Um, it's not easy. Uh, and I just I don't I don't see I don't see them as I saw like the Peyton Manning Colts teams. I don't see this Pittsburgh Steelers team like the New England team. So, uh, you know, I don't even see them as the Baltimore Ravens team from last year. So I, I think they're they're destined to for at least one, maybe two losses. They're definitely going to get picked off. It's a question of when, not if. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that Indianapolis Colt game is definitely the one I'm circling, you know. That's yeah. definitely the one that is most likely to happen. Number one defense in the league. They're going to be – Frank Reich's going to be ready for that game. Absolutely. As ready for the Titans. Speaking of guys ready to ascend to the next level, the NBA draft was the other day, and Anthony Edwards went number one to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Goose himself went to Minnesota. It's a shame he didn't go to Dallas because that would have been a great joke. But what are you going to do? Who is who was the most surprising pick to you in terms of fit or the team that chose him? Were you surprised by any of the trades that went down? Because a, a few trades have gone down since then. Um, what say you? What are your thoughts? Man, it was a big day. It was really a big day. Uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't. I wasn't really surprised by the draft at all. Um, you know, I think we talked about it, but looking back, the, Lamel, the Lamelo ball to Charlotte. I'm kind of like whatever on that. Like he's basically just going to be the the next Kemba Walker. I mean, they got a bunch of guards there already. I mean, they got uh, they have uh, Dwayne Bacon. They got Devontae Graham. Uh, you know, they they got Malik Monk. So now, now they're adding another guard into the mix, and they've got and Terry Rozier still there. Um, you know, they they have they have a decent team. I, I don't know if this really makes them better. When I look at LaMelo Ball, I look at him as being a decent player. I don't look at him as a great player, like a Steph Curry kind of guy. So I guess for me, I'm really curious to see how that how that works out, how that fizzles out. Um, I love the Wiseman pickup, especially now that we know Clay's hurt. I think this is going to be huge for the Warriors. It gives them a nice um, balanced attack now. I mean, now, especially with the trade for Ubre. They got Curry, Wiggins, Green, Ubre, Wiseman. That's their starting five. That's stellar. Can they? They they can compete. They're not going to be as good as they are without Clay, but they can compete. I can see them getting to the conference championship. Why not? Um, I really like the Obi Toppin pick. I think I think he, he's a hometown guy. He really really wants to be there. He was in tears and appreciation. He can't believe it came true. And I think if the Knicks move forward and they get a Russell Westbrook. Or they get a primetime guard, it, it could be nice. He he has all the lookings of like it had a Larry Johnson feel to it. That's what, and, and and that's his high end, right? His high end is that he's Larry Johnson. Your lips and, to God's ears if you're a Knicks and fan. If that, and that that'd be nice for them. Like the, you know, people get lost in this whole Knicks fanfare. Like my whole life, the Knicks have never been good. Like they went to one finals in, in my whole lifetime. And they're always scratching the balls of either the Indiana, Indiana Pacers or the Chicago Bulls. So the idea that the Knicks need to be this basketball powerhouse, it's beyond me. I, I don't even know what to think about that. But um, I do like a lot of the, I do like a lot of the moves that were made. I was surprised by some moves that were made. I was surprised 
that Gordon Hayward opted out of his $34 million contract. And he's, he's a stud player. And, and Boston says that he was like never in their plans. He was never in your plans. Well, who, who the fuck is in your plans then? This guy averages 17 points. He, he He's 38% from three and 50 per, 50% from the field. Like, are you right. kidding me? He, he like, was in your plans before his leg blew up. He's not. He's not in your plans. Well, who the fuck is? Who is in your plans that is better than that? That's what I really want to know. Taco um, Fall. <laughs> Philly got rid of Hawford, which was a good idea because he was a he was awful. Um, they pick up Seth Curry. They pick up some shooters. They're trying to space out. Uh, you just tell Daryl Moore he knows what he's doing over there. Um, I just, uh, yeah, I think uh, I think those were the things that stood out to me. How about you? Well, in the fallout of the Chris Paul trade, I think that was a great move by Phoenix. You have a veteran point guard now to kind of mentor Booker and DeAndre Ayton. And then Ricky Rubio, I hope you didn't I hope you didn't put your bags down when you got to Oklahoma City because you're already back in Minnesota. So I mean that's a good move for them to get a veteran point guard to go to Carl Anthony Towns. And this kid Edwards. So hopefully they can make their turnaround sooner rather than later, especially for Ryan Saunders sake, because I don't know how long he has with that team. Um, the, the mellow ball. I could not have said it better. It is a quizzical pick just because of the log jam of guards you already have. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense to me. I just, I, Stephen A. Smith didn't like the Obi Toppin pick. I think it's a great pick for the New York Knicks. He's a local kid. He will put asses in seats if, if at any time they ever allow asses in seats in New York City. And he wants to play here. Like, he, he wants to be here. He wants to play. He wants to play hard. Like, how could you – you want that. Absolutely. You absolutely I mean, want I that. I don't think LaMelo Ball is going to be playing as hard as Obi Toppin is going to be playing for the Knicks. It's just the truth of it. He's a, he's a, he's a gritty 6'9 forward who can shoot. Come on. Those don't come around. Point guards come around, man. Point guards come around. Like we mentioned, Mitchell Robinson, Julius Randle, you have Toppin now, R.J. Barrett. That's that's pretty good. That's a pretty good core to build around. And you know what the Knicks did today? Yeah, 10th place in the East. Yeah, I mean, that's that's enough (laughs) to get there. I mean, don't be in 10th place. Yeah, that's good. You know, especially now with the new rules, because you have the 9-10 and the 7-8. There's that play-in tournament. So you get hot, you can get in the playoffs. So I just, well, I guess for me, yeah, I mean, for me, it just, I I know the Hornets just extended Devontae Graham. So if you knew you were going with a mellow ball, then why did you extend this kid? That's, maybe they're, Maybe the idea is to get rid of Rozier instead. I mean, just to, to me, that would be a mistake. Like Terry Rozier is so money, especially if he's coming off your bench. Yeah. Well, I mean, speaking of money, the Knicks also shedded $40 million in cap space. Oh, you know, they, the they got rid of Portis. They got rid of Alfred Payton. They got rid of basically everybody they signed last year. I thought they, they got just rid got of your salary. I didn't realize they actually got rid of players. Yeah, they, they, they just cut them loose. So you now have some wiggle room to play with. I don't know what they're doing. I don't. They don't need Anthony Davis. And Anthony Davis isn't coming to New York. So, you know, it's funny. That's the first thing I thought about. Because when you told me, you know, we were talking and you, you let me know that they cleared all that space. And I'm like, but who 
But who are they trying who? to get? Who? 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 who are they trying to get? And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Anthony Davis still needs to resign. And then I checked and it said that he was waiting on building a contract with the Lakers. And in my head, I'm like, he wouldn't leave, would he? But then if he left, why would he go to why would he go to the Knicks? Why wouldn't he go to the Warriors? That seems like the perfect place to go. In fact, you could probably do like a sign in trade for this Wiseman kid. I'm yeah. sure the I'm sure the Warriors would be over the moon to get Anthony Davis. And you know what? And young, controllable players going back the other way, it would definitely be something that would behoove both sides. But let's be real here. Who was the last major free agent the New York Knicks brought in? You can't say Amari Stoudemire because he was coming off an injury. He was no. on a prove it deal. No. Who was the last who? guy who said, yes, I want to yes, play there? Yes, I want to go Knicks. play there. I, I want to play there. I want to be taxed through the moon, and I want to play in front of the New York media that is going to just scorch me no matter how well I do. Who? I want to put Spike Lee on my shoulder and walk around the garden. Like, and who, who made this man a captain? <laughs> who? And who? <laughs> like, who? Who? Who wants to? I don't know. I don't know. But it's interesting that they're clearing all that space. I have no idea. And maybe the other thought I had was maybe it's Brandon. Maybe it's Gordon Hayward. Maybe it's Gordon Hayward. And they're like, okay, we'll throw a bunch of money at him. He's a shooter. He'll keep us in games. But then if I'm Brand- if I'm Gordon Hayward, I'm like, why am I leaving Boston to go to New York? Right. I mean, if I'm going to do anything for one year, it'll be like in Indiana where I played college ball, where where I'm from, like – that seems more realistic or maybe I'll go to Miami and try to actually win a championship. Like I don't, I, or the other thing for me would be uh, Philadelphia for Gordon Hayward. Like that seems like a no brainer. Like you'd, you'd be awesome there. So both of those scenarios, well, those are exciting. Gordon Hayward and Jimmy Butler playing together or Joel Embiid like, spacing the floor between Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons with a shooter like Gordon Hayward. Well, you are... th- well, you have to un- you have to think that he he must he must have a plan, right? Because if you're turning down thir- 34 million dollars, that means you think you can get more money somewhere else. Potentially a deal is already in place or you're going to do a one-year deal to show that you're how much money you're actually worth, right? right. I just looked at I just looked at uh, uh, the guy De'Aaron Fox over in Sacramento is going to be signing an over a hundred million dollar extension. This guy is like NBA third team, yeah. like that's wild. That's He's wild. in Siberia. He's in the NBA equivalent of Siberia. He's in Sacramento. Like what? Like how is this possible? Aaron Fox, really? Yeah, I mean, he's a good player, but you know, eh, he's good. He's not he's sixty good. million dollars good. He's not a hundred million dollars good. He's especially but, how good does he really have to be? They don't even make the playoffs. True. Like, what do you, well, <laughs> are, is there is their team really that much better without him? Are they are they winning that many more games? No. And you know what? You know who could always use a shooter? LeBron. Yeah. Gordon Hayward with the Lakers. Yeah. Why not? I, yeah. I mean, yeah. But he, he, he's just a really good player. And, you know, one of the things that was, uh, you know, we're still waiting to find out what's going to be happening with the Houston Rockets. Yeah. They got they still have Harden. They still have Kyrie. Harden's made it pretty clear that he wants to go to the Nets. Uh, 
there's news circling around that Westbrook might be going to the Knicks. But if I'm the Houston Rockets, I'm not sending anybody anywhere unless I'm getting five ones and a player. So they can talk all they want. I'll sink this thing into the ground if I have to. Like, there's nobody, there's no way that I'm going to get beat on this. What are your thoughts? No, absolutely not. Well, last week I did float the idea of Westbrook to Brooklyn. And I didn't realize people, I didn't realize we had that kind of sway. I didn't know we had that kind of stroke, which is kind of awesome. But at the same time, I thought you were kidding. (laughs) I I even wrote it down in my diary. Veronica had a very funny joke today. <laughs> That's I did I wasn't serious, NBA. Are you kidding me? But uh if I'm the Rockets, I'm digging in. I don't have to give in to the to these athletes. I still own your rights. I'm still paying your paychecks. You go where it benefits me, not the other way around. And if you don't like it, well, I guess we're at an impasse and you don't necessarily have to play. That's okay. You can sit uh, you can sit in your suit on the sideline or in the luxury box or whatever. The, the team has the leverage. I, I don't see a scenario where the player has the leverage in this instance. Yeah, I wouldn't They're care. under contract. They I are not care. free agents. I wouldn't care at all. But, I mean, you know, one of the things you talked, you asked me about when the news broke and you're like, could you really see him in Brooklyn? I can't really see him. But, you know, one of the things I'd be willing to do with the Rockets is like, all right, you want him? Give me Kyrie Irving. Ooh, give me Kyrie Irving. Give me Kyrie Irving in three ones, and you Ooh. can have James Harden. And the other thing is, is let's say let's say they don't make that deal. Let's say somehow they pack it. They've created a package for them where maybe, I guess, Joe Harris, I think, is still on the Nets. But they, they, they run a package for them, and they wind up getting Harden, right? So you keep Harden, Kyrie, and Durant. Now you're in a situation where, at most, this team plays 10 games together all season. Because now we can always have people have a day off, have a night off, have a week off. Because we don't need all three of you playing together all at the same time. And that's the only thing I can think of in is James Harden's mindset is, geez, listen, if I go to Brooklyn, right, I like Brooklyn, and I played with Durant before, I, I know about Kyrie, gee, if I go there – we can all take turns like we can all. And then once playoff time comes around or series games come around, we'll play together and we'll win games. And then it's, we take breaks again. I can't see those three guys playing 52 games with, with each other. If they try, it will be a glorious shit show. But if I'm the Rockets and the Nets are going to put together a package, I need, I need, at least these three guys and a bunch of picks. I want Lavert, I want Dinwiddie, and I want Allen. I want they'll, your they'll young core. To they'll give I, them to you. Yeah, I, that's they'll give them. I want they'll them all, them. and they'll I give you two all. number give ones me. too. They'll give and, me two number ones. And you know what? Give me Rody Caruth while you're at it. Give me those sure. four guys. Done. Get Done. All of them. And I'll, and I'll I have him pick up uh, some hot wings on the way there. There you go. <laughs> and you know what's going to happen? I'll, I'll fill I'll fill your Coke machines for the next five years. There. You, thank you, Billy Bean. <laughs> thank you, Billy Bean. But you just ripped. I just ripped the heart out of your team. You now have to sign guys for like the veteran exception because you have so much money tied up in those three guys. That's but the they, thing. but if we learned anything from last year, we learned that 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 could work. 
Like, look at the Lakers, man. The majority of their money was tied in LeBron and in Anthony Davis. And the guys around them, Coldwell, Pope, Kuzma, those guys weren't making big – Danny Green, they weren't making big money. But they were players that were good at one or two things when they needed to be. And, again, LeBron and Anthony Davis didn't play every single game together. They played enough games together to get into the bubble. And when they got into the bubble – and, granted, they were in first place. I'm not trying to say that they were slacking or anything. But they, they've given a model of success, right? Yeah. If you're going to let eight teams or nine teams into the NBA playoffs, do the Nets need to be the number one seed? They need to be the one seed. I mean, the four seed or the five seed. We just need to get in. And then somebody's going to have to beat our top three guys with, a, with five other guys in a seven-game series. And that's a tall order. But that, that's a tall that's, order. That's the thing, though. The, the finances, though – it dep- oh, you know the the, the quality oh, of the player oh, yeah, that you're yeah. going to bring in is going to be nah. a, a problem. The qual- oh, yeah. I mean, who's going to take a mid-level exception? Who's going to? Well, I mean, look at well, look at the deal that they made when because it's got not Garnett. like LeBron. Yeah, but look at the deal they made when they got Garnett and Pierce at the end of their contracts. That sunk yeah. the team for like five years. Yeah, for Billy five King years, got run awful. out of town. Yeah, every five years they're awful. I mean, with the finances, if you tie it up with these and three Boston guys. And Boston built an umpire with all those picks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The Boston Nets. Like, but, you know, they turn them into Brown and Tatum in the core for the future. And they're going to have to go sign, you know, college players off the street to fill out the team because you can only afford so much and you need to fill all the roster spots. But right. And, speaking- and a, team, a team trying to fill a roster spot right now and totally gaffed on a sign and trade, the Milwaukee Bucks and this whole Bob and this whole uh, Bogdan uh, situation. What a, what a What a disaster! Like, we, we got the trade, disaster. Bogdan. This is great. We got the trade. You're leaving. You're gonna go to Milwaukee. You're gonna play with Giannis. This is gonna be awesome. Oh, cool. But I was gonna be a restricted free agent. Nah, I, I be think a I'm still restricted free agent, you know, man. I want to make as much money as possible. You, you can you can give me an offer sheet. You didn't say that. You didn't say that forty-five minutes ago. You didn't. You didn't say that forty-five minutes ago. What? What are you talking about? Right. And now you got to go back. I mean, granted, it's like Dante Divincenzo and two other guys, but it's just like, oh, no, but, listen, you know, I'm a big Dante Divincenzo fan. I think he's a stud player. That's former like Mr. Basketball of Philadelphia. Like yeah. he's a really good player. But if you're <laughs> If you're Giannis, if you're Giannis's agent, you're like, yo, we're out of here. It's like, are you freaking we're serious? Yeah, we're out of here, man. Just trade us. Let's get a trade. Trade us. Let's get this. Let's get out of here. This is right. a wrap. This I mean, is a wrap. How it, do you? How do you? How do you botch this? Did anybody talk to this man? Like, why didn't anybody talk to him? Not, like, what are you talking? To? Don't tell me he changed his mind. Like, you had and and his deal. I totally get where he's coming from. I I totally get where he's coming from. But, you know. You should have you should have made you should have made this decision before they let this out. Like this should have never got out. And the other thing is, is how did it get out? Free agency wasn't supposed to open until like today. So how are you guys making deals already? Clearly, there's been some conversations being had by organizations. That's, that's tampering. That's illegal. You can't do that. Because I wouldn't be surprised if this guy goes and signs with the Lakers because the Lakers probably told him, "Yo, we can do, we can do better." <laughs> but that's the thing. It, it's not tampering when LeBron does it. I've no. noticed that. It's not tampering when LeBron does it. But no. that's neither here nor there right now because, you know, 
you backed out of a verbal agreement. Those three guys that were going to Sacramento now have to come back into your locker room. How did, I mean, granted they're professionals, but they're still human beings. You know, you, you said you're not good enough to be on our team because we want this guy. And now it's like, hey, 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 buddy. Hey. We were just kidding. We were just kidding. But, I mean, fortunately for the Bucks that the, um, the Drew Holiday deal went through, they got one out of two. So that's nice. You have a point. You have one out of two ain't bad. You know. I think they made a song about that. Yeah, and then I mean, I I actually like the the players going in the other direction. I like the the haul that the Pelicans got because they've got some veteran leadership to put around Zion Williamson, and they can possibly make some noise. But you know, it's it, that was a mutually beneficial basketball trade. What Bogdan Bogdanovich did was just. <laughs> Bungled. Nah, man, I'm, not I'm going, calling him I'm not Bungle Bogdanovich. He bungled everything. Why for an offer sheet? Me, for an offer sheet. I'm staying here in California. The Lakers just called me. I'm staying here. If you can beat this price, he slid a piece of paper and just like he did the tap on the table. He's like, if you can beat this, then we're good. Maybe and, it's a Serbian thing. It could be. I don't know. It, it, it might. It, it might be. But uh, you know, we, we, only time will tell. But it's just not a good look. And it just if you if I'm but they just did they should just blow it up now just blow it up like because you guys you guys weren't winning with the lineup you had so if you can't get this guy and he's a stud he shoots more than forty percent from three like he's a good player but you can't get this guy you're not gonna be able to go back into the West and try to compete for a championship it's not gonna happen especially if you guys got to go into the bubble again they've shown that if you go into the bubble you're beatable. The thing that you had going for you is you had a one seed and the team was going to have to beat you on your floor. If you don't got that going for you, it's not going to it's not going to work. Now, what if, Middle, Middleton Middleton's yeah. a good player. He's a good player, but you need help. You How know? about Gordon Hayward? He just got a he's just available. Yes. 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 If you can swing that, you're in a good situation. I just don't see him going there, but yeah, that you got to get on the phone and get him there like today. Like today. Like whatever you want, dude. We need to plug this because if not, Giannis is leaving and you're going to get nothing for him. He's going to go to Miami. He's going to maybe go to the Warriors. Like he's going. He ain't staying. You can fill him with all the friends and people and happy things you want. This is it. This is it. This is your year. So you're either going to trade him for assets or you're going to win a championship. And right now, it don't like, look like you're going to win a championship. Not right now. Not as presently not as presently constructed. It's time for the mail route on the fade route. If you want to join us, email faderoutemail at gmail.com. Questions, comments, picks, you name it. Faderoutemail at gmail.com. We have yeah. our mail route segment once again, where we take your emails and DMs. If you want to get at us, DM us at Fade Route Podcast or email us at faderoutemail at gmail.com. You ready to take some viewer mail? Woo! Let's do it. All right. The first one is from Donald in Prince George, Virginia. There we go. What do you guys think of Rick Patino's May Madness plan? Actually, yeah, I mean, I uh, I actually love it. I think it's a great idea. Just push. And if anybody's not familiar with it, 
Uh, he wants to push the start of the season back until I think the end of January, the middle of January. Um, only play league games and uh, have the tournament in May. By that, he's hopeful that by that time there will be more uh, better ways to treat the virus, as in there'll be a vaccine. Still, no fans and things like that, but I love it. I think it's a really great, smart idea on Rick Pitino's part. You're lessening the travel. You definitely don't have to do the non-conference cross-country games, not going to play mid-majors and all that stuff. And then I definitely think that bubbleizing it will, I mean, if, if it comes to the point where everybody's vaccinated and we don't have to worry about that, then that's great. But you can bubbleize this thing in Indiana. There are so many schools. You can do it at Butler. You can do it at Indiana. You can do it at IUPUI. You could do it at, you know, you can have the final four in the, the Colts stadium. You can do, there's so many things that you can do in there, but getting there is the issue. And I think that he's put together a realistic plan where they can actually get to it. That's so, the Gales right there, baby. As a Matt guy, I went to Manhattan. He's repping Iona right now. There's yeah. a little, there's a little deep seated jealousy, but at the same time, kudos to you, Rick. It's a good I idea. I keep hoping I run into Ricky while I'm in New Rochelle. I hope it happens. <laughs> you know, go to go to Avenue, go to Eatery, like, you know, go to Joey Knapp's restaurants. I'm sure that he'll be grabbing a, you know, a chicken parm or something like that. Second question coming from Caesar in Hell's Kitchen. Caesar. Caesar says, Theo Epstein left the Cubs this week. Where does he go? And what is his overall legacy? Now, for me, Theo Epstein, if he decided never to come back to Major League Baseball, can walk into Cooperstown. He took the Red Sox, who had not won, and took the Cubs, who had not won, and did what many thought was impossible. So for me, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Where does he go from here? I know there are plenty of vacancies in New York. If you wanted to go to, you know, say, be the GM of the New York Mets. But I don't think, I don't see it. I really don't see him and Sandy Alderson getting together and meshing unless Sandy Alderson is only doing this as a sort of figurehead position to get everybody set. And then he backs up into a higher office role and just kind of like has a ceremonial role with the organization. But for me, you for me, there's one team out there. He Theo takes the year off, and he goes to the one team that's never even been to the World Series, the Seattle Mariners. You can Jerry Depoto, you bring in Theo Epstein, and let the miracle worker do what he does and bring a World Series to the Emerald City. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I think um, um, Caesar. Thanks for your email. I think uh, he's definitely a first ballot Hall of Famer. His collection of rings is stellar. Ah, how stellar is his collection of rings? Cubs and and Red Sox. Um, Nobody better. I, I, I do think he's going to take some time off. I don't think he gets at it right away. Um, and when he does come back. I think Seattle is definitely a possibility. I could see him going to Queens, but then the more I thought about it, I was like, but they already won. 
and they have win. The only thing I would say is maybe Cohen comes out there and, and gives him a nice enticing offer. But I also agree with you. He's not going to get along with, with the management that's there unless, unless they give him power over all those guys. Um, I know some people joked about him going into football. I don't think that's, that's not his MO. He's a no. Guy. You can't, you can't assess football the way you assess baseball. There's so much numbers in baseball and it works. He, you know, he's proven it. Billy Bean's proven it. Um, the Red Sox system is proven it. It's, it's, a, it's a numbers game. So um, I do think his legacy is going to go down as one of the best of all time. I mean, he did the impossible. No one will ever do what he did. Nope, absolutely not. And honestly, Paul DePodesta tried the Cleveland Browns. It just doesn't work, <laughs> you know. But maybe if it was Peter Brandt, if it was Jonah Hill, maybe it would have worked. But analytics like that doesn't really work in football. Final email comes from Brian in Louisville, Colorado. Yes. Robinson Cano is suspended for the year. Is this a blessing in disguise for the New York Mets? What do you think? I mean, I just think this is of no consequence. I read, I, you know, I, thanks for your email, Brian. Uh, you know, maybe it helps them in the salary department, but, I mean, this is a guy that was on the downside of his career, in my opinion. I know his numbers were up last year as far as his OPS. He had a very good OPS. And now we know um, why. Right, right, right. But, you know, ever since he went to Seattle, it was proven there was a bad move, in my opinion. I thought he was a great Yankee, and I'm not a Yankee fan. Um, and when he's with the Yankees, you're like, oh, this guy's going to the Hall of Fame. He was a second base. He was a shortstop playing second base. Uh, he had great power to uh, with home runs. He goes to Seattle, bigger ballpark, has a tough time getting it out. Um, and then he comes back to the Mets, and he's just a shadow of the person he is. He's bigger. He can't run as well. And he's still got that lazy play in the field and just like, see you later. <laughs> Robinson Cano will never play another game for the New York Mets. Yes, that's exactly what I thought too. I and thought same thing. for God's same sake, thing. if the New York Mets bring him back, shame on you. Uh, you know, I don't Bill, even Bill think Plasky he's going to play another baseball game. Shame on New, on you, New York Mets, if you let that steroid cheating son of a bitch back in your locker room. Absolutely not. I don't even not. think he's going to play another. Ba- I don't think he's going to play another major league baseball game again. No, like yeah. I think he he has so much money. There's no reason for him to come back. This is like a Manny Ramirez. Like, oh, you're suspending me? All right, I'm out. I'm good. Yeah. Like, I swear, Man- I, don't, Ramirez- I don't see him playing again. Did, did you know Manny Ramirez actually signed overseas and he played this year? Like, yes, that's, I heard that. That's yes, insane. I did. Like, I Robinson Cano is welcome to do that if he wants to. The most important thing of consequence here for me is the $24 million that they are not paying him that suddenly go back into Steve Cohen's pocket. And what can he do with that? Who knows? Maybe he can, you know, add a little bit more to that on a per year basis and bring in a George Springer or bring in a DJ LeMayhew to replace Robinson Cano or bring me Trevor Bauer, add more money and bring me Trevor Bauer, but do not let Robinson Cano back in the building. Change the access codes right now. Deactivate. I just want to segue for a Brent. Do you really, do you think Springer is going to, Leave Houston? You don't think Houston's going to resign him? I don't know. I'm going to be honest with you. He's getting older. He's definitely had some injury concerns. They may, but it's not going to be for what he wants. You know, he might do a lap around the league and see. 
finances. Are yeah, I think someone's gonna. I think some. I think someone's gonna pay him big money. I don't know. Finances are gonna be tough this year, especially if they're not gonna allow fans yeah. in the stands. You know, you need to recoup that money somehow. And these his numbers are just too good. Yeah. He's just he's just too. I mean, he gets he does get hurt, but he's just. Am I? Am I? I just think he's too good. Like I, I'd be. I, I was surprised that Houston didn't, you know, make a deal with him to come back. Yeah. Well, they also have Carlos Correa to worry about this year, this coming, this coming free agency. Yeah. So their their team, you know, it's very much like back in the day with the Seattle Seahawks. They were able to do so much because they had Russell Wilson on a rookie contract, so they were able to do things. Like their Jared Goff was on a rookie contract, they were able to do things in, in with the Rams. These guys were yeah. on team friendly deals. Now they want to get paid, so it becomes an issue. It, pin me, play, pin me, pay me. Bingo, job squad. <laughs> Well, I mean, if my, you know, if you're going to put the Major League Baseball equivalent of the job squad, the New York Mets, go ahead. Absolutely. What does everybody want? Head right here. <laughs> what does everybody need? What does everybody love? That's it. That should be the New York Mets motto this year. That I think. Shout that out to sell. Al Snow. Sex sells. Sex sells. Time to see what's cooking this weekend, sponsored by As You Eat It, only on YouTube. That's A-Z, You Eat It. Check it out today. It is now time for us to discuss our picks for the week. How'd you do last week, brother? I did great. I went 9-4. and four. I won 11. I, I was just like, Whoa. I know. I haven't had this big, big of a week time. since week three. 11. Big time. Woo. Bet with this guy. Bet with, bet with this guy. Only if you have something you don't want to lose. <laughs> All right. All right. So we, we got some juicy matchups. We we already uh already teased a few of them. Um, but we'll start with the Eagles and the Browns. Uh, no Miles Garrett in this one. I'm just gonna surprise you. I'm gonna take the Eagles. I don't know. Considering it's the Browns, it's not much of a surprise because. You can always go either way with the Cleveland Browns. This week, I'm taking the Browns. So, boom. Yeah, even without Miles Garrett, I think they have enough to win this game. And yeah, I'm just still not impressed with Carson Wentz. Yep. Uh, Falcons versus the Saints. I think this Tatum thing blows up pretty early in the first half. And I think the Falcons win by a touchdown. I've been going back and forth ever since I heard it. I, I went initially, I had the Falcons when I heard Breeze had a punctured lung and then the Hill factor. But then I started thinking about it the same way you started bringing about the unpredictability factor. You know, T- yeah. Taysom Hill might be terrible, but he might be good. We don't know. Yeah. And that's the no. thing. That's what's giving me pause. And then. I still never trust Matt Ryan. I'm going to invoke my never trust Matt Ryan rule. Matt Ryan. Matty Ice. The only thing he's going to ice is your confidence pool. Uh, (laughs) I'm taking the Saints. All right. I got the Bengals over the struggling Washington Redskins. Man, the Washington Redskins lost a heartbreaker last week, but I'm taking the Bengals. I'm taking the Bengals as well. The football team. You know, ever since Alex Smith took over, it's definitely been it's been a it's been a slog. We'll say we'll, we'll be we'll be polite to Alex Smith because we root for Alex Smith, but 
Yeah, it's not He's pretty. a fan of the show. He's a fan of the show. Um, I'm taking the Lions over the Panthers. Lions seem to have something going the last couple of games, and I think Teddy Bridgewater is a game-time decision. That shouldn't bode well. No McCaffrey going with the Lions. Yeah, you got to take the Lions on this one. I mean, P.J. Walker is their backup quarterback. P.J. Walker will be their starter. Former XFLer. The new he hate me. P.J. Walker. (laughs) However, you take the Lions and take them confidently. I'm taking the Jaguars to beat the Steelers. Hands the Steelers their first loss. Upset, Upset alert. Upset alert, boys and girls. Write that down. Mark it down. You're a brave man. You're a bold man. And that's why we're friends. I can't do it. I'm going to take the Steelers. <laughs> Having said all that, I'm taking the Steelers. You're much braver right. than I am. Uh, <laughs> all right. This one's going to be a really good game. Ravens have to win this game. Ravens over Titans. I'm going to take the Ravens as well. It's going to be one of the, it's going to be a black and blue affair. The only question is are. Is Derrick Henry going to be able to get off in this game? That's the question mark for me. You mean like score a touchdown? Right? Yes, yes. Not, I mean, <laughs> if he does, if he does, if he does that, he'll be, if he scores, a, if he scores a touchdown, he'll be fine. I believe the last time he played them, he had over 120 yards rushing and a touchdown. So, so uh, definitely say it's a it's a pretty safe bet. Uh, I got the Patriots beating the Texans. Patriots get back to 500. Patriots are going to win this game. The Texans are floundering, and Belichick always beats his former assistant coaches. Does not bode. I got, I got the Dolphins beating the Broncos. Um, Broncos taking a step back the last couple of weeks. I don't know what's going on there. And Dolphins defense, like I talked about weeks ago, is legit. They got two corners that snuff out everything. Drew Locke is playing so aggressive that he's playing out of control sometimes. And I think that touchdown to KJ Hamler actually kind of set him back. It was kind of a regression. Since that point, he's definitely not been playing as well as he could be. The Dolphins are too good. Tua has been steering the ship. He's going to steer this one to another W. Uh, I have the Chargers beating COVID pretty handily. Chargers have been on the verge of wins for multiple weeks now. They finally get this, and Justin Herbert's haircut will help them win. (laughs) Justin Herbert looks like he's about to take the SATs. Number two offense in the league, by the way. Wow. I believe uh, three. Number three offense. Wow. By by yards. By yards. That's that's still huge. I mean, you can move. Well, that's, you know, I I think that's the best mark of a good team is that you can accumulate a lot of yards. Absolutely can. They can move the ball. He's been moving the ball. The Jets can't stop anything. Uh, the Jets can only stop themselves, so the Chargers are going to win. Yeah, uh, and then uh, I actually have another upset. I got the Colts beating the Packers. I don't know if that's an upset, but you know, I'll run. We'll run with it. Uh, you know, both are really good teams. So one seven and two, one six and three. It's you know, it's definitely a toss up game in my opinion. But um, you know, Aaron Rodgers is a man on a mission. I'm going to go with Aaron Rodgers on this one and the pack. I got the Cowboys surprising the Vikings. Andy Dalton's coming back. I just think uh, I think it's time. 
It's time. It's time for the Cowboys to do what they do. Win a game. Well, maybe. We'll see. Uh, if they can contain Dalvin Cook like the Bears did, they got a shot. But I'm taking the Vikings. Cook has been – he's been undeniable. So I'm going to ride that train. I got the Chiefs over the Raiders. The Raiders made a very big mistake when they won that game, doing the victory lap <laughs> in the bus. John Gruden might have been shirtless. I don't know. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. He had those Coronas going. It was a thing. You made a very big mistake taking that victory lap. The Chiefs are going to win. All right, and then we have – I got the uh, the primetime game for me. I think this is the Monday night game. Uh, I got the Bucks over the Rams. Uh, very good game, though. Very close game. Curious to see who Jalen Ramsey covers in this game. The matchup is definitely going to be very interesting just because, like you said, Jay, there are so many targets. I'm saying Mike Evans most likely, but, you know, John Johnson is on the other side, so it's no picnic either way. So no, no. Um, I'm taking the Rams. I think Aaron Donald's going to get Brady off his spot. And when Brady is off his spot, he makes a lot of mistakes. So I'm going with the Rams on this one. And bonus, boys and girls, because we love you guys. We love our loyal fans and listeners. And this is coming out before Thanksgiving. We have our Thanksgiving picks as well. Since there's going to be three games, we might as well give those to you as well. Texans at Lions in our more in our afternoon game, our opener, if you will. I'm taking the Lions. I just think, like I said, I think they're rolling. They're rolling pretty good now. Lions are going to win this one. The Texans, they're in the tailspin right now. Uh, tailspin, oh, nothing, nothing to write home about with the, the Houston Texans right now. The Washington football team at the Dallas Cowboys, a battle of two mediocre NFC East teams. I'm taking the football team, though. I think Alex Smith, in the spirit of Thanksgiving, in the spirit of goodwill, is going to pull one out and have a really good feel-good story. Again, you're talking about winning the game, right? Yes, yes. He's going to pull it out and win all over the field. (laughs) I'm I'm taking the Cowboys. I just think that they're going to win. This weekend, and they're going to keep that winning streak going. I think they're just going to feed Zeke and uh, and narrowly uh, edge uh, defeat. <laughs> and in the night game, a heavyweight contest. The Ravens at the Steelers. Now, you already have the Steelers losing to Jacksonville. And right. What do you think is going to happen here? Two in a row in such a short? No, uh, no. They'll rebound. They'll rebound. Um, after watching the Ravens play the Patriots and just watching them this year in general, there's – there's just no – their offense is not fluid. I think they're last in the league in passing. They had to sign Des Bryant because they don't have anybody to get throw the ball to. Hollywood Brown can't get open this year. Um, I think the Steelers are going to beat the Ravens. I think so, too. The offense is nothing to write home about. If the running game is not working, if Lamar Jackson's not running around like a chicken with his head cut off, things don't happen in Baltimore. So, Steelers, I got you for two. You're going 11-0. 
All right. Well, thanks for tuning in tonight. You can catch our podcast Friday nights on the Anchor and other uh, podcast formats. Uh, stay faded until next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread it wide.